Welcome to Successful Parenting, where we, Jackie Rue and Robin Choquette, share practical skills for families to build resilience and healthy connections. As practicing professionals and parents ourselves, we hope this podcast is a resource for parents to grow, reflect, and learn more about themselves and their children. Our approach is simple, tangible, and most importantly, we lead with compassion for the integrity of the families we serve. This podcast should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for informational purposes only. We love our work and we can't wait to watch families gain confidence and open themselves up to new ways of successful parenting. Good evening, Robin. How's it going? It is great. Just had a great few days off and was very relaxing. That's awesome. Spring is around the corner, so I know a lot of folks are excited about that. A lot of the kids are taking spring break, and I think a lot of people are looking forward to summer and some sun, and so that's going to brighten all of our moods. Yes, yes, I think so. Yeah, you can see out on the roads, we drove to where we went and, you know, all the minivans and SUVs with all the car toppers and the kids and everywhere you stopped, there were just millions of families everywhere. So it was pretty fun being out and taking some time yeah, it definitely We was. typically, our spring breaks around in Chicago are a little bit later. I think our, we're typically the end of March, beginning of April at a lot of the schools out here. So I think we just tend to go a little bit later, but it's interesting. This topic that we have tonight actually fits in right around with even the topic of spring break. Right. I was talking to a few children and teens this week and they're not going on spring break. And they said, one of the things that's so hard is that they have to watch all the social media posts about how much fun everyone's having and how great everyone looks and they're sitting at home and they feel that fear of missing out. And so we've had a lot of talk recently, parents, as well as I've talked at a lot of schools recently with students about just social media and the impact it has on our children's mental health. And so I love that we're taking some time to address this topic tonight. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting, even today, there's a big discussion. I don't know if you've seen it today, the UK banned TikTok on all their government devices. I know here in the US, that's a big discussion just for security risk. And that's not what we're getting into today. But I think a lot of people are looking at social media and the impact that it has. There's a lot of positives. We're not on here saying social media is a negative thing. We also need to be realistic and what's happening and have that awareness. Well, and I think also a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, we started talking about TikTok and how TikTok came out and said they're going to be putting our limits on devices if children, you know, have accounts under 18. And that's caused a little bit of a stir because many parents have said, you know, we don't necessarily limit their time, but even TikTok is coming out and saying that they see uh, an impact on children's mental health. And they say it really needs to be used under supervision and in moderation. And so they're trying to come up with being able to enforce this hour limit. I'm not sure if it's what's going to go on with that or if it's going to pass, but that really has a lot of us talking of really what an influence social media has on our children. And I think we saw that during the pandemic, there was a lot of children at home and they were on social media. And I had several girls, and I think I've shared this with you, several girls that I started seeing the last couple of years that were freshmen and sophomore in high school with body dysmorphia, uh, with eating disorders and 
they really attribute it to, you know, a lot of their time spent during the pandemic comparing themselves to others, their bodies were changing, and really, you know, being immersed in, you know, social media and kind of all of that entailed. Right. And it's so interesting on social media, there is the face tuning and there's the changing of the body. There's all of these things that's happening. And I think a lot of people, and especially younger people, don't realize that, right? Of understanding that these things happen. And social media provides this great connection. And as we said, we're not against social media because that's a really great way to connect with people from all different places and finding people who have similar interests. But what research continues to show us is is if that's the only source of connection, if that's the only way to connect with others, then we see that increase in depression. And across the board, we will find, you know, the anxiety being increased as the comparison to others or kids that are really struggling in school, this could be a source for them to have that connection when they don't feel the connection at school. And we could see some of those avoidance behaviors happening through school, you know, eating disorder, self-harm. There's a lot of things that we are seeing that's getting linked to social media being so connected and is part of everyday life in such a large amount. Absolutely. And I think some of the, you know, the main social media platforms we see, at least a lot of the kids I work with, TikTok, you know, Instagram, Snapchat is a big one, YouTube. As parents, it's so hard to know all of these apps and it's so hard to know all of the different social media platforms, what our children are being exposed to. And even, you know, many children are just so impulsive that they're putting stuff out there that many parents, when they do find out, are just like horrified it really does have an influence on them. And and parents will say it's so hard to supervise. How do we supervise this? How do we put limits on this? And, you know, it really has become a discussion where now that we're really starting to learn more about it, that we are seeing, you know, the impact. Right. You know, it's really interesting. My grandchild was telling us about a story and come to find out the story he was telling us had been a little bit altered. He didn't tell us the full story because there's an individual that we as a family really like. And he was so worried that we would think negative of this child that he didn't tell us the full truth of what happened. And it was through social media and something they had posted. But I think children really want to protect each other. And sometimes we can't always expect that they're going to come forward and talk about what they're seeing. And some children definitely do. We all see different types, but some kids won't do that. They're either trying to protect themselves or protect someone else. Even if they know it's not right, you start to see that happening. It's all about building that connection. I know uh, Dr. Weiner had talked about your source of connection. It may be really hard to come forward and talk about it. Children are having devices and, you know, having social media apps, even though, you know, younger children, it's typically more like YouTube kids kids and things like that, but they're being exposed early on and just the influence of that. And I think what happens too is for a lot of children and adults, when we spend a lot of time on social media, we are feeling a little bit of a false connection, but we're also, you know, in some ways feeling more isolated. And so when we do kind of enter in, you know, regular relationships, whether it's seeing other kids in the hallway or, you know, whether it's, you know, seeing coworkers at work, it really does sometimes become distorted in terms of how you feel others think about you in terms of how you interact with others. And we remind kids about that. But you know, one mom had said she didn't realize that her daughter had been on YouTube, this particular middle schooler was looking up the topic of depression, and it would pull in things about self harm, and then other stories would come on. And she ended up talking to others about self harm and depression, which 
you know, I'm not going to say it made her self-harm, but she started self-harming and, and mom didn't realize that she was spending all this time in her room on this app because she thought it's YouTube that's safe. We're finding that there's a lot more behind these apps than many of us realize. So interesting to have a young adult. They're trying to get their algorithm shifted and changed and they are having the hardest time and they are actively not going out and they're trying to clear stuff and only look at certain things. And they are struggling as an adult to get that to change on particular, I think it was TikTok and then they were doing Reddit. And those two, they are struggling to get the algorithm changed so they don't keep seeing some of the things that they had looked up. And so if you can imagine an adult doing that, now we're talking about young kids. I mean, I think that's really important for, you know, individuals to understand. Oh, for sure. And recognizing, you know, not everyone is happy all the time. Sometimes we become dependent on likes and how many people like our story or how many people like a picture we put up and really that false sense of approval, right? And it's that mm -hmm. false sense of, you know, comparing yourself to others and when half the time the pictures are filtered or it's not an accurate representation of someone's life and, and where they are. And so I think part of the concern is that because children are, you know, having access to this so much earlier that we are seeing and, and some psychologists are seeing that it does impact, you know, their brain development and it impacts how they see themselves and the younger children are getting access to these social media sites. We see that it really does impact their self-perception, how they see themselves in relation to others, how they see even their abilities, how they see their strengths and weaknesses. And so they're so early on reliant on approval. And sometimes even I've had kids put things out there that because they're impulsive and, and most of us as children were impulsive, but they put things out there that they can't take back, right? And that's one of the issues that we had early on with Snapchat because kids think it can be easily, it goes into the universe so they can say or put whatever they want on there. But the reality is it doesn't necessarily go away. You know, people can take pictures, they can take pictures of, of it without you even knowing. And so I've had kids get into a lot of trouble and really be ashamed, um, in turn have bullying happen because they were putting stuff out there. And I've also seen a lot of bullying through social media I've seen a lot of kids being really nasty to one another. There was uh, one site where somebody had put out something about another student and then all the other students put something really nasty under it about that student. I've also seen through social media, you know, older kids targeting younger kids and, and even, and this is for a different day, but as we talked about with Chelsea, you know, older kids selling drugs and other substances through Snapchat and other social media apps. So there really is so much going on that we really as parents just really have to be aware of and, and supervising and talking to our children. Right. And as you were talking about that, Jackie, I was thinking about the brains and those younger kids. What we know is it's very susceptible to having the likes, having the enjoyment. It releases that dopamine. And when we start to get some releases, once we get likes, we get all of that. And adult brains are more formed in terms of that prefrontal cortex. So we start to see a big difference in how younger children will experience the situation. So you can see it and differentiate that, you know, hey, on Robin's vacation, they went tubing, they went hiking, they went to the top of a mountain, they saw snow, they did all of these fun things. But hey, there's pictures of dogs. Dogs in altitude may not go so great together. 
we didn't post anything about the dogs throwing up, the kids arguing. <laughs> mm-hmm. One person got sick one day. None of that was there. But as adults, we could see those pictures and we can kind of figure out, wait a minute, they look like they hit fun, but I'm sure a lot more was happening <laughs> during their trip. Well, and I think that even, even parents feel that pressure because I think they see other parents posting how great their kids are and how great their families are. And I think parents feel inferior, right? Like, right. what am I doing wrong? I don't have this all together kind of life. And the reality is what we used to joke, the more people post, the more unhappy they are sometimes and the more, you know, they're lacking in some of those areas. But you're, you hit it spot on. Our children aren't able to differentiate that. Right, right. Yeah. They didn't see the tears, the arguments and all of that and us doing laundry and <laughs> there was just yeah. so much, but there was so much fun. But all you would see is the fun part. So I just think it's really interesting and to have that awareness. You know, Jackie, when you're talking with families, I talk about limiting the time on tack. I know you do too, right? Well, it's interesting because, you know, a mother recently who this, I love this mom and, and the daughter, but the mom, there's concerns, right? That the daughter's dealing with depression and um, some other issues. And she's spending tons of time in a room on her phone. And, and what I hear from parents most often is we can't get them out of the room. We talked about, we have to do something different. So she said, she came up with this and I a hundred percent was all over it. You can be on your device, but you have to, all devices have to be kept in the main living area. So if you want to be on your device, you have to be in the family room with us. And of course, this girl was not happy. And the mom said, and we get to kind of monitor what you're doing and how much time you're spending on it. But if you want to go up and isolate in your room, there's going to be no devices in your room. Well, ultimately, you can imagine what happened. The young lady is in the main family room because she doesn't want to be in her room. We have concerns, you know, maybe they're not you know, enjoying things they used to, or they're not engaging in activities or their social skills are off. If we have any of those concerns, that's the perfect time to start looking at, okay, we need to add more connection. We need to have some more boundaries around this. And and they really need to be more thought out, you know, not just yanking device from the child, but really explaining to the child that these are things that we're going to start implementing in our house over the next week. You know, always give kids some notice so you're not just throwing it at them. Expect that they're going to be upset, right? Because when you're so tied into social media, it's almost like an addiction, an obsession. But understand that they will start to mold to whatever you set up in terms of the routine. Right. Well, imagine if something makes you feel good and now someone is telling you, no, you can't have that. Most people are going to be pretty angry to have that taken away. You know, I always ask the family, let's think about this. You know, one of the method I use is if I have a kid that this would work with, the kid and I work about how many hours are in the day and then everything that they have going on and the things that are important to them. And we start working in that way. And that helps us to come up with a time frame. what is really appropriate time for being on a device or being, you know, outside of schoolwork. And that has worked with several of the young individuals I've worked with. But I think you have to, like you said, you have to think about your child individually, what work with them. And instead of coming in and making these blind rules, what are you really trying to achieve? What's your goal? And how are you aligning that with your expectations? And if you do that, children are going to be upset but it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. A lot of kids will say it doesn't make them feel good, but they can't get off because I have several that, you know, the younger children definitely enjoy. My high schoolers and middle schoolers will say that it causes them to feel poorly about themselves typically because they're always comparing themselves and they're always feeling like, you know, they need to do more in terms of beauty routine. They need to look better. Their skin needs to be clear. You know, they're seeing all these advertisements that are targeted to our children and our teens. And so 
sometimes, you know, parents will even have to uh, remove some of it for a little bit. I've had parents remove the apps off the phone and just, you know, just for a period of time to do a reset. And, and it's made a big difference. Right. Well, it has been a great conversation, Jackie. I know we could go on and on about this, but parents, it's not an easy job. We both get that. It is something that your child may not be happy with you at the beginning, but it does work. Think about your family, think about your values and create something a way of expectations that helps you meet your goals. Yes, definitely. I like this conversation. And I think it'll be interesting what happens if other platforms do uh, put time limits. And, you know, the last thing I'll say is, you know, most of these apps have age restrictions and, you know, look into it, look at the warnings on there, look at what possibly could happen. And there are, are a lot of, um, and Robin, you know more about this. Um, and I think we're going to have a guest expert on in the next coming weeks, but there are ways parents can actually put yes. supervision and parent controls on a lot of these apps. So look into it because I think they're recommending, the platforms are recommending parents have parent controls on the apps and are able to monitor the devices. Absolutely. And know all your children's passwords. <laughs> yes, yes. That. yes, yes. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a great rest of the night. Thank you, Jackie. You too. Thank you, listeners. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining us and make sure to subscribe and like us to catch our next episode where we will take you on a journey to find new ways of successful parenting.